0: Thank <laughs> you. Hello and welcome to the 33rd episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are, and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Cannon Brawl by Turtle Sandbox. Please introduce yourselves. Teresa.
1: Okay, I'm Teresa Duringer and um, I'm responsible for the art on Cannon Brawl and a um, bunch of other less interesting little tidbits that you have to do when you're running a company with two people.
2: Okay. And I am Peter Inksett. I am responsible for all the code and design on Cannon So
0: there's only two of you who did this amazing game? Yeah. Wow. Still I'm stunned. Absolutely stunned. Because <laughs> it looks like a, a vast horde of team of people did this, but it's only two of you. That's amazing. No, we, did. we did get music from Rich Freeland. So yes. yes. Music composition is uh I rarely find it in, in enclosed with within a developer. There was one um developer it was, it was a he was he was the business manager and the musician and the coder. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a unicorn. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm sorry. Yes. So that was that was quite incredible. So we've established who you are and what you do. Well done. First question always easy. Let you in easy. But how did you start making video games? Did you make your, your first? Is this your first dabble, or I'd be amazed if it is? Cause it's
2: this is our first commercial indie game, but I, right. this isn't our first game ever okay so you've been yeah working pete on and this...
1: i actually uh, well we met uh working over at maxis um i was working on spore and dark spore sim city and um and we ended up just clicking when we were over there and we decided to just go out and do our own thing try it out take a risk
0: very low risk from what i gather um because uh yeah it's so obviously, you have a long pedigree of working on lar- with large teams on very large games. I mean, Spore that was a an epic thing, yeah, um, and uh, also SimCity, etc. So, uh, yeah, I can see why you sort of made your transition across into to smaller games because you can actually do pretty much what you like within Beast. Yeah, yeah okay.
1: definitely at, at Maxis, um It's a really cool group of people. But the company is so big that if you want to do all kinds of different things and take ownership, um, there's probably someone else who's already got ownership over whatever you're trying to to do. Um, So it's really fun to try the indie scene where you really are just doing everything yourself and there's just so much to do and it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, it's it's on that precipice, isn't it? You're looking down across and like, huh, well, this is exciting and fun, but it's also extremely dangerous. Yeah. Uh, But, you know. I think you've got the talent there. Um, so what are your biggest influences? That's a big question, I know, but what's the thing that you're always drawn to and the thing you've found yourself infusing into your creative endeavors, whether you like it or not? Anything? Uh, for me, it it's, uh, tends to be strategy
2: games of all types. Right. Some big influences for Cannon Brawl were Gunbound... And Company of Heroes, Starcraft. I tend to really enjoy those types of strategy games.
1: And yeah, and for me, actually, I'm a big board gamer, so I end me up too. Um, me too. bringing yeah. a lot of um, board game um, board game design into what I'm thinking about when I'm playing the game and what I want to see.
0: Right. Yeah. I. I any particular favorites that you, you glom onto the, of, of Tabletop? Because, I mean, there's... Oh, yeah. What, <laughs> what's could, your... What's, what's the, I know. It's fine. We can. <laughs> it's a podcast. People won't mind. Um, what, what, what's your particular favorite? Anyone um, that... And it's hard to ask that, but what's the one you, like, if you have any doubts? Like, oh, well, it's going to be fun. Whatever. I'm going to play that. Let's just play my that.
1: My absolute favorite is Race for the Galaxy, Um, just because there's so much replayability and... Um, lots of different, different things happening, but the, the problem is not that many people play that one. So, um, I really like magic just because that's a little bit more, um, mainstream, I'd say
0: Wow. Uh, magic
1: the gathering. Um, and then I've just started playing Terra recently, which has got like, it feels like the, the mother of all board games has got like a little bit of everything going on, which is anyway. Uh, but i actually heard in a previous podcast that you are part of a board game club that meets like every day every That's day incredible
0: yeah yeah every day uh london on board uh every they they're i'm going tomorrow not tomorrow friday yeah um but we'll be playing i don't know it might be a choir well someone almost play a choir a choir is a great game but it's very old but it's good um yeah I, I do. I am part of a, a board game group. Like I said, they do meet every day, and sixty-seven people show up every day at a pub in the middle of London to play board games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you've mentioned games like oh the no one plays those. That's the games they play. That's all the games. Oh. Race, Race for the Galaxy is always, always there. It's always
1: yeah. there. Oh, um, I to come fly over and visit.
0: <laughs> well, lots of Americans do. Lots of people from all over the world just drop in and say, "I'm here on vacation." I know the board game group and they just join and they drop in and then they leave. You know, for never, never to be seen again. But uh, <laughs> it's lovely because you know we're we're a nice bunch of people. And we you know we're fed and watered by the pub and it's great. You know, it's you it, it can't really and they have lovely big tables and it's like great. You know, it's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, Race for the Galaxy it's, that, that game. Uh, I've only played it once, so I cannot pass comment because when I played it, it was very poorly taught to me. Uh, which is something we can talk about later on about tutorials and level of mm. difficulty and how you introduce the game, any game to someone because Race for the Galaxy is quite a steep learning curve. Um a really like cliff face teach. really. Yeah, it's very hard because like see a little symbol there. That doesn't mean that like, what? And it's 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 very difficult. Um but yeah, another game we play a lot is cosmic encounter. Um because mm-hmm. that's just people like yelling at each other apparently. <laughs> Yeah. People, so there's always one person in the corner saying, "Hang on, this game is unbalanced." Oh, now you get this. <laughs> that's so that's great. So, yeah, I mean, and onto the strategy games. I mean, Civilization for me is one of the best, um, uh, one of my favourites, and also the XCOM games or UFOs, they were known back in the UK. Um, uh, I only played the uh, the latest XCOM. You have or haven't? I have. That's the only XCOM I've played is the latest one. Oh, okay. It's quite a lineage back in the UK because we had them from the '80s. They've been those turn those based strategy games have been around for donkey years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the latest one, I, I thought it's fabulous. I'm sure you did as well. Um, I read yeah, it, it was really good. Worked. Yeah. Was but, one.
2: but I, I played it for like I don't remember twenty hours or something, fifteen uh-huh. hours. But I ended up stopping because it there were too many bugs. <laughs> 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 Like, more than one occasion, I got into a mission halfway through, and then something didn't trigger, and then nothing would happen, and I'd have to start it all over again. And I, like, stuck it out for a while, but then eventually I was like, I really like this game, and it's a super cool game, but I'm not going to finish it because I can't deal with these
0: bugs. That's interesting because I deliberately delayed me playing it because I knew it was going to be problematic. (laughs) So when when it came out, I went, oh, I'll wait. And I waited about a month before it was my Christmas game of that year. And I went, okay. I'm I thinking of ironing out the bugs now. So when I dove into it, it was all done and dusted. And no, it was also yeah. one of those horrible players where it was like, no one dies on my side. No one dies. No. So, no. As soon as someone died, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my watch, you know. But,
2: uh... Yeah. I was like that in the beginning. But then towards the end, I was like, oh, well, they died.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Not day <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Okay then. Well this kinda of leads into my next question to you both is um who which sort of developer do you admire most? If if you have any one you think they seem to be doing the right thing apart from selling their company to Microsoft for two and a half billion dollars. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't know where that came from. What's well, um Is not meant to be a topical show. Stop it, Chris. Um <laughs> What? Uh, Any one particular or person or thing, or do you, you think, think
2: you know it's in right? I thing. think a lot of indie developers are doing good stuff. They're making games that are interesting and what they believe in. And I think it's maybe a a standout in the bigger budget realm. There is Double Fine, who seems like you know they've got a fair amount of resources, and they are still making interesting games that are. Personal to the team, so that seems that seems pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there's that game called Hack and Slash, which I really need to try, because I understand that's yeah. that's quite crazy that you actually change the parameters of objects in the game in order to solve puzzles.
2: Yeah, it, by it's like coding. Just what it pretty much pretty,
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. Easy.
1: And for okay. me, yes. uh, I really have a lot of respect for um, George Fan, who um, he. Uh, he was a designer on plants versus zombies and he ended up he's just a really cool guy who plays tons of games and and can do you know like some programming and some art to facilitate his design and I think he just like comes up with really wacky crazy ideas that are totally innovative and inspiring and um and I actually played like the first game I ever modded as a kid was this little like insane aquarium game he had made I put all my own artwork in there and then I was just like so excited to meet him as an adult and like be like oh you're you're in my friend group this is so cool and he's just uh, got all these zany ideas so
0: that's cool I just want to know did you see much of PAX I mean I know you're at the booth but did you wander around and check other people's stuff out
2: a tiny bit, but
0: not T- a lot. Yeah,
1: we were pretty tethered because it's just yeah. the two of us.
0: Oh right, so you had no one to like, couldn't do a. I'm just gonna go off and get a coffee. Like, no, 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 not no. Have you seen this crowd? No, no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom. There's a bucket over there. <laughs> yeah, oh, <my>
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't think we are really lucky
0: did.
1: to be near the bathroom.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Wash we your saw. Hands.
1: A lot of darkest dungeon because that was right across from us and that looked really cool.
0: Yes, um, we've had them on the show. Oh yeah, uh, so uh, lovely people, crazy game, literally. <laughs> yeah. Or is it figuratively? No, literally because uh, they actually have you going, the players going insane.
2: Uh, yeah, in, in the that's game. When, when I played through it. My entire party went crazy, were paranoid, and then they all died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. This is my favorite question now—the last part of your own personal thing. So, because it gives me a hint as to what sort of things you like to do, and entertain yourself with as regards to games rather than your own title, of course. Um, so, I'm asking you: What are you playing right now, other than Cannon Brawl a lot? Um, what, what are you What are you playing? It can be anything, by the way. Could be tabletop <laughs> as well. So. I'm playing a lot of League of Legends and Nuclear Throne. oh now nuclear throne, that's that's a corker of a game. Um, what, what what's the thing that, that that drives you to to return to it over and over again, even if it does kick you in the face? <laughs> the the knowing <laughs> that one day eventually I will
2: get to the nuclear throne and destroy it.
0: as <laughs> it has to be. I think um, uh, those series against Valandra, isn't it? Um, they they make. Yep. Um, the you know when I played ridiculous fishing on my phone, like this is a ridiculous. G- Why am I shooting the fish? And it's just and then realized that there's this is a whole thread of lunacy throughout all their games, and uh, they should indeed and are applauded for their efforts. Fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, and also for the things that they're doing to give back to the to facilitate indie developers. You know, like mm-hmm. they're putting out a lot of tools and the press kit and, um, you know, information for other developers, which is just really cool.
0: I've been trying to get him on the show, but he's a very busy man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for obvious reasons, as you just described. But uh, he says he wants to come on. He's just like trying to get hold of him. It's it's hard. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yes, Toysa, did you have something to share with us game-wise?
1: Oh, well, (laughs) I I end up playing a lot of um, sort of like – board games that have been converted for um for uh you know ipad or computer so i play like recently i've been jumping on skype and doing a lot of um ascension there's a new expansion dark darkness unleashed it's just fun
0: so you're <laughs> so, an ascension like, minion, player as well Ascension.
1: yeah i i'm i'm a big fan <laughs> of all those deck building kind of games me too it's fun
0: Me too. It's just so
1: nice to get your perfect little deck, you know.
0: Yeah, especially when you build it in front of everyone in their face. Like, what are you doing? What do you think (laughs) I'm about to do? No, no, don't do this. Don't be kind. No, I'm not being kind. No, I'm not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, totally. Totally, especially...
0: machines in front of you on Ascension? You've won the game already, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sorry, audience, if you don't know. Look up Ascension. It's a fantastic tabletop game. Um, highly recommend it. So yeah, go 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 get it. So yeah, good choice. Um, uh, anything else? Just just tabletop games on your iPad.
1: Well, I'm playing Destiny too, but I'm sure everyone's playing Destiny. Everyone's so. playing Destiny.
0: Yeah. It's pretty. And, yeah. uh, it's uh, <laughs> what 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 format's that on the system? Is curious. Is it PS4 or?
1: Oh, I'm on PS4. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: got some nice particle effects. I've, I've found so myself
0: using my PS4 controller now on my PC. <laughs> uh it's so nice. That was so much oh, it's so nice. Never thought I'd say that you know, a PlayStation controller is better than a three sixty, but no, this one is. Anyway, I'm sure we'll What of... is
1: that big button in the middle map to? I don't even know. Uh I
0: haven't really checked. Huh. Not sure if it does. It might do.
1: It might open really up a check. whole like vortex that we don't even know about. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Who knows? I might try it on Cannonball and see what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll have to do easter egg for that
0: yes i'll do a bug test for you it destroyed <laughs> my machine and it's now and summoned some of the monster from the depths of hell okay we'll, <laughs> we'll mark that on as a bug to fix thanks <laughs> what about this monster well yeah <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> fantastic okay right well um that's the first part of the show over with see you Relatively painless well done and let's move on to chat about what we're really here to talk about which is cannibal So tell us, give us the pitch for this glorious game, because it is glorious. Teresa, take it away.
1: Okay. Cannon Brawl is a a 2D artillery action RTS. So it's uh, a game where you're firing all these little um, launched... projectiles uh, from various war machines that you've dropped along 2D destructible terrain with a little airship that you're flying around. And each war machine takes a skill shot uh, to try to um, aim it properly at your opponent. And there's a tension between spending your time really lining up the perfect shot and just getting your volley going because your opponent's attacking in real time. So the longer you take, the more that they're just going to slam you with uh, their own... With their own um, flack that's incoming.
0: Yeah, so you can't turtle in this game. No, no. so it's
1: <laughs> people sometimes describe it as a cross between Worms and Starcraft. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can
0: see that. I can see that. Worms is this rather plodding uh, um, exercise in that you know it's my turn. Okay, hang on. All right, I didn't do much. No, no, I didn't. My turn now. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, that's what happens. It? Eventually, silliness occurs, but it takes a while.
1: You kind of mentioned that in um, what you wrote about it, that, you know, on first look, if you just see a screenshot of it, you might think, oh, this is very similar to Worms. But really, once you see it in action, it's a really different game where APM is just, you know, it's just everything and everything's going and you have to just multitask and... Um, and just be really fast.
0: Oh, so you saw my preview then? Yes. It's up on the site, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's the first one of Pax. There's <laughs> so about 30 games I previewed of Pax, and we'd, we're we going to, you know, yours is the first, so well done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, it's, it's alphabetical. What no can I say? So well done. No, no,
1: we're number one. <laughs> you're number one.
0: That too. Um, so, okay. that You're right. It's a very fast-paced game. It is also a very pretty game. Um, Visually and audio, it's it's fantastic that the feedback you get from when you fire that cannon and that that shell just makes its way across the screen and you watch it just arc across and eventually hit the other person's base. That is so satisfying, like. Right? And you just, I mean, the amount of times I've found myself like, they've left a little gap in their shield, like, don't don't do that, no, that, and then just let I just let it slip through and end up pummeling their base. It's fant- very satisfying, um, so. Yes, good stuff. I didn't do that when I was playing at a PAX, so I did not know what I was doing, but uh, <laughs> uh, after playing through the campaign missions and stuff, it was, yeah, now I now I get it, <laughs> I think. Um, so Cannonball is a very simple premise, which best games do, really. Um, but there's such a vast array of choices available to the player they can do at any one time. Uh, I found. Do I build a mine? Do I build a shield? Do I build a cannon? Do I build a little balloon to extend my zone of influence? Because we haven't really men- uh, mentioned that, that little zone of influence. It looked. That felt a little bit like the Zerg. Was that deliberate, <laughs> or is that something like a direct influence from, from StarCraft? You think? Ah, uh, I think that
2: that kind of arose just kind of naturally over the course of the development. Like we started with. We started with a cannon and a shield and a balloon and just made the game work. Right. Just those three things. And then you built on top of that. And then added
0: more and more stuff to that. So this is my leading point, is that how do you prevent a player just basically suffering from what they call in board game land, AP, analysis paralysis, in other words they take a little bit too long to decide what to do? What's the... What's the there's thing? There's a timer. Yeah. There's the timer, yeah?
1: <laughs> there, Yeah, there's a timer that if you're playing online multiplayer, mm-hmm. um, we'll just count down. And I think it starts with like 70 or actually I don't well,
2: remember the. Do you mean um, before the match starts when you're picking buildings or do you
0: mean during the match? How do during. you decide what to do? Genuinely during. I found myself going, oh, I could do this. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I'll do that. What? Oh, damn it. And he just. You panic, and you know it's like the uh, inverse uh, of analysis paralysis. It's, you know, there's a game, there's a board game called Eclipse, which um, is chronic for analysis paralysis, and so to the point where I have an egg timer in my copy that I actually put <laughs> in front of someone and go, "You got three minutes to make your move. Three yeah. minutes. If you don't, well, that's it. You lost your three minutes. Sorry, I'm not going to sit here for twenty minutes waiting for you to make your move. So, and that's not it. exaggerating. So that's that's what I'm saying is that. How do, how do you streamline people's thoughts to make sure that they, you know they do relatively the right thing within a narrow period of time? Uh, usually, it's it's kind of
2: built into the pacing of the match. Like when the match starts, there's you know um, maybe only one or two things that really you can do at all: build a balloon or build a mine, and then that's not super hard to decide from. And then mid-game, it tends to like you've already got your mines and your your territory expanded and it tends to focus on more like okay my enemy has a powerful building here and one over here which which one am I going to try and deal with
1: and, and hopefully end, okay quite sorry
2: towards the end the decisions open up a lot more and that's kind of where the the depth of skill comes into play like you need to play enough times to be able to make those decisions quickly and that's that's what separates higher level play from from more casual play
0: and it's experience isn't it it's really yeah. plowing into it and just, mm-hmm. just just playing it over and over to see where all the nuances are because that's right. the great thing about this game is, and some of the best games is that they're easy to get into but then you realize oh god there's layers to this because we haven't really mentioned the characters yeah, yeah, you know, I was gonna, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised you didn't mention that in your opening because they each there's there's each pilot has a separate a bit special ability, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and they can turn things around quite rapidly without you. One of them can blow up or drill beneath buildings. It's quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's all sorts of all sorts of different you know, ones can repair stuff, and it's yeah, it's. Like I'm trying to convey to the audience here is that really there's so many layers to this game. There's so many nuances that I'm just a little bit concerned that as you start to play or you're in the midst of a game, you go,
1: Oh, what do I do now? Well, we did a couple things to try and deal with this. So for one, um, you have a limited subset of buildings that you bring into the game. So yeah. even though there's a, a zillion buildings available and a zillion pilots, you only choose one pilot. And you only choose normally five um, or six if you have the smuggler uh, pilot buildings to bring into the match. So that helps limit your sort of um, overwhelmingness of possibilities that you could take advantage of. And then uh, we also have uh, uh, sort of like um, increased difficulty levels of AI. So you can play matches against AI to ramp up. And, you know, when you play your first one, you might take a little bit longer to figuring out your strategy by the time you're working on hard or in insane level AI, hopefully you have a sense of, you know, just just like it with, you know, those deck building games that we play, you know, trashing is really good early and, you know, going for victory points is really good late game. And you just kind of understand those, like, core sort of st- strategic um, tenets. You'll get that in Cannon Brawl. Like, you'll understand, okay establishing economy is just so strong early and yes there's Uh exceptions to that depending on if you have a different pilot or different building set but you know establishing economy early is probably you know your best bet and then um really mid-game you're really uh taking out the opponent's different buildings and then end game you're just driving home towards their headquarters so the more you play the more you just kind of like know. okay here here's kind of the basic of what i'm probably supposed to be doing depending on the game stage
0: yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. Building your infrastructure, or your supply of stuff early on is vital. But then that's the case with all RTS games, of which this is one. Um but I have found that towards the end I just don't care about the supply lines anymore. <laughs> like have I am I hitting the other? Yeah you are. Okay, do everything you can. <laughs> Upgrade everything, just do expend everything, lose your minds, it doesn't matter. You've got to take him out. And uh, that's, that's 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 quite amusing that you just go, I don't care about what I've just built now. I've spent meticulously <laughs> building this lovely war machine and then you just give up on it as soon as you actually <laughs> take out the other base. I think it's quite, maybe a bit poetic. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Now, um, the next question is... Uh, it's a core sort of mechanic that I found when playing some of the easier com- opponents. I have to say, but I found it, it, it can um, like quickly end, uh, end the game unless the other opponent sees it. So I found that when you have a cannon that can take shots from a- quite a distance towards the rear of the map, and somehow manage to thread a shot through whatever defenses they have directly into their base they and they have it, this particular cannon is like upgraded because you can shoot so far it's almost like that's it that's it you know it's a couple more shots or maybe one more shot and it's over for them mm-hmm. how have you balanced against that or is it just basically that will learn you be be more prepared about your defenses what do you think this is something mm-hmm. i come across when i've been playing the game
2: part of it is it takes you won't get that high level cannon until at least midway through the game. hmm True. True. So they have they have and the the game it's a game of perfect information, like nothing is hidden, so they can look over and see that right away.
0: Yeah. They should be able uh, to see that, you know, which oh, is the cannon in this perfect spot. And it's just tracing I mean the, the cannon shots, they don't they they don't go very fast, really,
2: do they? Right. Yeah. They go really <laughs> slow and the the particle effect on the their smoke trail is really long too and that's not just for looks, it's for um letting you know kind of being able to see what has happened in the past. Because mm. that, that smoke trail is showing you where the shot was and where it's gonna go.
0: Yeah. Because so, I had this extraordinary match where like I said they set all these shields up and it fought pretty much impenetrable. He'd upgraded all these shields. It was it was like that that sort of phase of the game, but he left this gap. <laughs> <laughs> And I happened to put my towel on display and it just went threading right through straight into his base. He was like, no! He was yelling at me like, sorry! Just, <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, he's like, it's not fair, it's not fair. So we'll move the shield then! By the way, which time it was all pretty much over. Um, I just found that it can happen.
2: But I yeah, think... I, mean, God. I, think you, I think you want that in a in a game. Like if you have a... If you rushed to get this really high level cannon and then you were able to thread that exactly through his shields in such a way to win like we want to reward you for
0: yeah for, for doing that i felt great he he was not so much but i <laughs> I, I felt great at the time um it's just we, we still talk about it so you know let me know and get a message on facebook <laughs> Never again. What? I'm just never. Like, you know. yeah. He played the game, but he's just like, you know, he's just like, he, you know, he, he he did wrong. And he's like, put his hand up. But anyway. Um, well, we
1: have a matchmaking, so if uh, he wants to come back on and play someone more at his level.
0: Um, you know, it's, can... <laughs> he, he destroyed me in the next game. It was just a genuine oh, okay. dumbass mistake. He realized. <laughs> it, it wasn't the first time I'd done it. I mean, I'd done it with sort of like medium AI as well. They'd done the same thing they didn't realize that i they basically exposed themselves like huh so i basically stopped building i stopped doing everything i just kept on firing from this one cannon which is way deep in my territory like okay <laughs> fine so yeah it's quite interesting that we're like balanced that mechanic there but i think my advice to anyone is that open your eyes and look back at your own base and what's happening there you know you may yeah. be focused on what you're firing at that's fine but look, at, look, look at home. <laughs> and if your home isn't defended well, you, you know it's just like any RTS. The amount of times I've been defeating an RTS because I've been in a big front having a big battle, and some idiot sort of crawled across the map with this lone mm. squad of you know things and just demolished my infrastructure. Um, that's very much um, um, heroes. It's probably isn't it? life yeah. lesson. Yeah, it is pretty much <laughs> life, a life
1: lesson. lesson. But that is, that is a really uh, core currency in our game. It's just your attention. You know, like, you have your gold and you have your territory that you can control, but you also have your attention how much you can manage looking at um, and the better players just have have built up that ability, the capacity to pay attention to more things going on at once.
0: Yeah. Multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go back to the conversation before the show. Um, Cannonball <laughs> is a Beautifully presented, extremely well polished game. And I've had to ask, how long have have been making it? Because it feels like it's been really it looks like I said, I mean it looks extraordinary and how it's all animation and the and the, the the whole menus and everything from the from top to bottom, it just seems you know really tightly buttoned up. Is it really based on your own pedigree and you know, work and experience working in larger teams, is that where you think it's drawn from? It's just like, well, this is how you do things, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. We have been working on it for a long time.
0: Okay. <laughs> how, how long?
1: <laughs> Development's been about three years. So. Right. Yeah, so it's been a really long time. And, and yeah, I, I do think coming from a AAA studio, we have a standard for ourselves that, you know, we're not going to put something out there that is below that bar.
0: No. Um, and sometimes, you know, for example, let's take Thomas's Alone Say, That's just a series of blocks. Okay? I say just. There's way more to it than that. I, I, I know Mr. Pithel, very nice man. And, uh, he, you know, and it's one of my favourite games because it's, you know, it's but it is very much an indie game with Capital mm. One or, or Nidhogg. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just... Ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole presentation of it is like, I'm not playing this. What? Just play it. No, it's, a, oh, it's fun. But well, well, you, you, you build up everything. It's all there. Sorry.
1: Well, one strength of those games is they come across as indie. Like, uh, now I'm, I'm looking back and I wonder if we shouldn't have gone with a little bit more presentation-wise something that screams indie because, like you said, you were surprised that it was a team of two yeah. um, making this game, and I think we do come across that a lot where people see the game and think, oh, well, this is probably just the style alone is um, it's not the norm for what people are doing on extremely tiny teams. And I think the expectation level is different. And it, you know, sometimes I think, oh, well, maybe we should have done something super experimental looking um, to, to get that across. But I, I, I like where the game ended up.
0: Oh, so do I. I'm not complaining. I'm just finding it um, just amazed at, at how the presentation wise uh it, it all comes across and uh you know I, I have a steam box computer um that i built that i've been so i've been playing it on my big screen um and it's a windows based machine so i've cheated it's not a Steambox box properly I just you know could have done it but I, just, I couldn't get it to boot into steam os it was a horrible nightmare so i just went fine i'll just leave it as windows then and uh, it's it's great, by the way, on, on the big screen. Um, do, do you plan to release it on other platforms other than computers, or can you not talk about that? Well, it's Love on to... um,
2: Windows, Mac, and Linux right now. Uh-huh. And
0: then we will probably look into PlayStation 4 next. That's a good call, because it would fit very well on that yeah. platform. And possibly Vita, actually. You could do some weird stuff on that machine. With the rear panel, I'm just thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to get it to as many audiences as possible. Of course, I, I, the game makes so much sense in the living room. It's just, I mean, we we already do that. We'll we'll put it on a laptop and stick it in the living room with controllers, and it's super fun, you know, as a party game. So, I mean, I would love to do you know Xbox, Wii U, stuff like that. We'll just have to see.
0: So, my last question uh, is. I've found this a game length really, or session length. So a typical game takes around ten minutes or so, I've found. So there's very little way of attrition. It does not really get bogged down. Um, it actually, you know, the who's going to win. There is there is a reversal I found. People, you know, pummeling your base but then you you, you retaliate or you recover and then you, you basically flip it back on them. That's quite satisfying. Can happen and does happen. But like I said, it's relatively short. Was it something you always wanted Brawl to be? Was
2: it yeah. always yeah. Yeah, the short matches were were by design from the beginning. Cause the map the maps themselves are pretty are like they're not massive RTS campaign style maps. They're they're kind of more arenas. Yes. I think yes. when you have have those closer quarters arena-style maps that that suggests uh, really fast-paced, quick matches.
0: Okay, so that was always that was always the intention from the outset, and it does yeah. show, it does show, and it, it, it actually draws you more, more to the game. It's like, oh, we can play this for ten minutes before we do something else, or, you know. Um, although that doesn't normally happen because, like, okay, best out of three. <laughs> 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 it's one of those games um okay well well, that's it thank you very much for, for sharing and chatting to us about the amazing Cannon Brawl um it's like I said it's out on Steam on the 23rd of September is that right?
2: uh
1: 19th um, 19th, 19th yeah coming up super fast
0: wow so that's yeah that's uh, it's, uh oh Christ it's at the end of the week Friday <laughs> yeah yeah I'm wow, so excited I'm, after three years it's finally here yeah. um, okay well I, I shall be writing some words about it following its release don't worry don't panic mm-hmm. uh, although I've done some preview stuff but that's fine because uh, you know it just a pack, So it was a new preview you know, mark given don't worry <laughs> um, but uh, I'm sure you guess what mark I'll eventually give it when, when it's reviewed but um, so yes thank you very much both of you for, for sharing your experiences and your and your uh, description of how the game came to be and what it is and why people should play it, um, so everyone knows it's a, it's a two-player game, by the way. Uh, it's not multiplayer or, or multi-multi-multiplayer, like four-player. Because did you ever explore that, by the way, before we just sign off? Did you ever explore the idea of? I can't see how it would work with one and two players, but uh, did you ever?
2: Uh, we we thought about it, but that's that's something for maybe a sequel,
0: maybe a sequel.
1: Yeah, maybe super fun.
0: But it would, yeah, but chaotic in each tree.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'd have to do a lot of design to figure out how to reduce that chaos.
0: Mm. And as one static screen, you have to reduce everything so everyone can see what they're doing. Ah, there's a thought.
1: Maybe something for the Oculus, you never know.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, we'll bid you farewell. Thank you very much to you both for, for and wish you best of luck. In your future endeavours and, and with the release of uh, Canon Brawl in a couple of days. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for us. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That would be great. You can follow me on Twitter. At Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually, you a developer and listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at Chris at spong.com. Bye!